Hello and welcome to today's episode of Fostering Focus from Norfolk County Council. I'm Scott, the Marketing Manager for the Fostering and Adoption Service. We set up our podcast so that you, the listener, can hear firsthand from our current foster carers, social workers and team members. We'll be discussing various topics which will help you in your decision to become a foster carer. Today I'm speaking with Wendy, a supervising social worker, and Cherie, one of our foster carers. Today we're going to be discussing Fostering Networks, Foster Care Fortnight, and why we care. This conversation was recorded on the 26th of April, 2021, and we hope you enjoy listening. Welcome, Wendy and Cherie. Hello. Hello. So firstly, thank you for attending the podcast today. Um, It's great to have you on the show. Cherie, could you just tell us why you chose to foster? Yeah, I think the the main reason is because I really enjoy um, understanding and getting to know all sorts of people, but especially children. Um, I think that they have got a really unique perspective on the world, and they have they they have a lot of characteristics and qualities um, that you don't often see in adults. For example, they're they see the world almost with fresh eyes and they I just enjoy seeing that sort of world with them. So that's one reason. Um, the other reason that fostering appealed to me was because I enjoy living in a very busy household where there's always something to do and there is always something to do when we have children around. Um, I have quite a large birth family, so yeah. I, I am used to having a lot of children about and I enjoy that. I was thinking of more reasons, and and with my previous job, I I worked with families, but it was very much going into the family and trying to help them um, on a very short term basis, and I found that that was that wasn't very yeah. successful, um, and so I wanted really to be able to do the whole thing from start to finish, twenty four seven. That's great, and um, and how would you say it's it's changed your life? Well, um. In lots of ways, it didn't really change my life because, as I say, I had a very big family myself. And so incorporating more children and more people into that um, didn't change. I guess the bit that did change was whereas before I used to have to go out to work to be able to meet children and families, um, here there's a lot more people coming coming into our house and our lives. And, and and Wendy, how long have you been supporting and been Cherie's supervising social worker? Um, well, I've known Cherie since 2014. So um, that's coming up to seven years now since I've been supervising um, and, and supporting her. Um, Cherie hasn't told you that she actually um, provides foster care for children who have complex needs, learning disability, autism, and um, would require lots of additional support within any place that they were, school or in the community, Mm. as well as at home. And so she is a person who provides something um, sort of quite unique at times in what she is willing to do. And she's a very highly skilled person at caring for children who've got very um, sort of unique additional needs and that's that's an achievement in itself isn't it Wendy that is that is a big achievement in itself oh definitely I take my hat off to her if I was wearing one but um, it it is 
it is fantastic what Cherie and her husband and lots of the um, children, her birth children that she's already spoken about, um, lots of them help and it's it's very much a family affair with with Cherie at the helm. So Cherie, coming back to yourself, what would you say is your your most memorable achievement to date as being a foster carer, specifically around the children with the complex needs? We we know that we do struggle for applicants to come forward for these children. Um, so what would you say your biggest achievement is and what is the reward that you get out of it? And I think um, part of the reward for me is that uh, I must say most of these children would wouldn't be able to be accommodated within um, a family situation if I wasn't doing the fostering. They would be in a residential special school. Um, and so for, yeah. ch- for some children, that, that is a good option. That's the right option. But um, for the children who I tend to foster, um, developmentally they are very delayed. And so being able to live within a family is is important and it can be quite challenging to enable them to do that so I think that's an achievement um, that that I've been able to help them to do that. Um, Another thing is seeing a young person be able to move on into um, a long-term stable placement. Um, Usually the children stay with me until they're 18 plus at least. Um, Some of the children continue to live with me under um, adult type fostering schemes such as shared lives Um, and some children do move on into adult services but to be able to support them through a transition to a successful long-term placement I I find that really rewarding Um, and then on an everyday basis it's the um, it's the things that they learn and they show that they're learning so for example um, learning to use the toilet um, learning to be able to trust and to talk um, and to, to talk about things that worry them. Um, I think that's quite important. Um, and also learning the social skills that will allow them to su- survive in, in a community setting. So, yeah, so those are all the things that I think are rewarding. I mean, it, it must be so, so rewarding. But at the same time, it must be challenging uh, and what key skills would you say to anyone that was was considering fostering and was specifically looking at um, children with complex needs or complex care? What what are the kind of challenges that they would need to overcome, or what advice would you give them? Um, I I think it is really really important that um, foster carers need to be able to look after themselves first and foremost. They need support. They need support and they need to mm-hmm. make sure that they get that. It's so important um, because unless they're feeling um, strong, they won't be able to support the children who they take care of. And so, yeah, I, I think probably uh, the next question is what advice would you give to a newly approved foster carer? Um, and I would say uh, talk about everything um, through the assessment process and make sure that you get the support that you need um, because yeah to be honest it's not going to be freely offered to you and and just coming back to yourself Wendy what what challenges have you seen uh, Cherie overcome and especially since we've been in a pandemic as well Oh, I think the pandemic has been quite a challenge because 
uh, Cherie always has really good routines for the children, the young people in place, okay. which often involves going out and about so that they're well stimulated. Um, and and obviously, we weren't able to do that a lot of times in the pandemic, although there were sort of caveats allowed for people who had learning disability to allow them to go out. And um, But even so, things weren't open. It wasn't life as it usually is. I think the things that um, Sheree has been really good at doing is providing what people might call a normal life, as you know, that there are mealtimes where everybody sits down and eats together. And it's not really, um doesn't matter the age or the disability of the child. They're together there as a family. Um Children with disabilities can often have big issues with wee and poo, and uh, you can't be phased by things like that. And Sharia has been really good at not being phased and actually sorting out some problems that would put people off if you thought it couldn't be sorted. But having a real can do attitude, and, and as Sharia said, finding the support that you need, which isn't necessarily all about support from me, but support from other um, agencies, um, health professionals, education, and some voluntary um, organisations as well, so that there's a, a bigger a bigger circle of people around some of these children. Um, you're not on your own, although as a foster carer, you probably feel that you uh, carry the burden a lot on your own. So, so being open-minded is is a good resource. Definitely, and I know that Sheree and and her husband and the family really believe in an in- inclusive community of people and 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 look for an inclusive society, which is what we perhaps all would want to strive for. That children with a disability are children; they're not a disability. They're they're children, and they they no. need that that love and that care and that family, just like any child does. And um, for Cherie and her husband to be able to, they can see more than just what is obvious. They can see those things in the child that make them who they are, the the human being that they are, the all the things that they are good at. And, and even if it's you're only good at collecting mm. all the uh, little bits and pieces off the floor and putting the puzzle together that is still an achievement that someone needs to say that's that's great because it is great no definitely and and Cherie you were just gonna you were gonna you were gonna make a point Um, yeah I I was just gonna add into the idea of support really how important it is to have support from family and friends Um, and there are there are um, I I guess professional sources of support out there um and I must say the supervising social worker role and Wendy are, are absolutely invaluable. Uh, they yeah. really are. It makes so much difference. I was thinking a matching process. There ought to be a matching process between the supervising social worker and the foster care, actually. That would be a good plan. <laughs> um, and those are really important. But actually, it is the support of family and friends, all those informal networks um, that I couldn't I couldn't do what I do. Um, if I didn't have those networks to be able to rely on. So again, yeah. for, a, for a, um, a new foster carer, I guess that would be something that 
would be good to explore in, you know, who do you actually have who you could draw on, who you could go to in those times, because there are times sometimes when it's very hard, um, and, and similarly go to in those times when you want to share an achievement that yeah. a child has made as well. Yeah, and, and that must have been incredibly difficult during the pandemic, Sherry, when you couldn't meet face-to-face, you, that support was all virtual. How did you overcome that? Well, so my first uh, my first response was total panic as I began to realise that all three of my young people would not be going to school as from two days' time, that they would all be at home and there was nowhere open that we could go to. Um, yep. So, yeah, so we... I, we came up with a plan and we we managed to put in place routines and a structure and a timetable because that is what the children needed um and in fact there were some positives to that as well because some of the young people and children tried new things that they'd never tried before um we found out more about each other because obviously we uh, lived together at very close quarters for for you know a lot of the time um so yeah um as it's got longer as we've been in lockdown longer I think it has become more wearing um, because it's not new anymore it's not novel but thank goodness we're hopefully coming out of lockdown now and some of the places are beginning to open again yeah yeah which must be a godsend and uh, Sherry what would you say to someone that was considering uh, applying to be a foster carer I think the first thing would be you go for it because I put off applying to be a foster carer for for several years because I didn't think that I would be accepted because of the size of my birth family. Um, So I think if you if you are interested and it's something that appeals to you, um, don't hang back, you know, find out more about it and go ahead and try. And then the other thing to realise that you haven't got to be the perfect foster carer. Um, good enough is good enough uh, and that's good enough for all children Um, so I would say yeah don't don't be put off by the fact that uh, often it seems as if uh, people are scrutinizing what you do and the feeling inside is okay I've got to get it absolutely perfectly perfectly right Um, often or no that's not true sometimes different people give you different sorts of advice um, and I would say trust your instincts because usually that's what that's what works. That's what that's what works for you, and that's what works for your child in your yeah. family. So go with your instincts, but obviously listen to what other people have to say, and it hasn't got to be perfect. No, and and Wendy, what would you what would you say to someone that was that was considering fostering? I think that anybody considering fostering needs to just realize it's it's not a job Cherie, a lot of Cherie's skills um started off in, in a professional training and then she's been able to bring that to her home and to be a foster carer but it's more than I'm sure she would agree it's yeah. more than just professional training it is about taking on the whole parenting role of that child so that's you're available just like you would be for your own birth children any time of the day or night for them so you've got to have that emotional availability that your life um won't be at the center but the child's life will be at the center and you'll sort of revolve around them because that's what it's like with children I would also say that because we've been talking about children with disability that 
it's it doesn't necessarily stop you caring for children with a disability because you haven't cared for a child like that before or had work experience with children with a disability and that children are children there's so many things that children with a disability enjoy just in the same way as a child mm. who doesn't have a disability you know they like going to the park they like yeah going out shopping and hoping that they'll be given something when you're going around the supermarket. They like to go to the seaside and there might be little, well, sometimes big challenges, but there, um, it's not a reason not to give it a go. And um, that's not to say that we would plant a child on a, on a, a plonker child on a family and say, here you are, off you go. We would offer support and we would try and match that child carefully. But be open-minded because I would think that yeah. every child that Cherie has had placed with her was not the child that was on that piece of paper which you get and it tells you about them. There's so much more because the profiles are sort of 2D and children are all about being 3D and 4D, aren't they? And yeah. things you don't know until you find out about them. And, and just before we end the show today, Cherie, what would you say sums up why we care? The topic of foster care fortnight by the fostering network this year is why we care what what would you how would you sum up why as a foster carer we care why do we care I, I don't know I do it because I just enjoy it I really really enjoy it so so yeah I do care um but for me it, it's along the lines of I just love it so much it, that, I get so much more from the children and I get so much more from fostering than I feel I put back in so yeah of course I care um, and it's lovely to be able to uh, have a child and care for a child and a child to care for you um, but yeah I do it because I just love it so there we, there we go listeners you know why we care we do it because we love doing it a big thank you to Wendy and Cherie for joining me today on the show. Um, until next time, this has been Fostering Focus.